What's up, NFL Study Hall Nation? This is Katie Chumslin recording a special episode for you today, breaking down fantasy football rankings as they stand exactly midway through our season. Basically, we're going to go by position as we did four weeks ago, talking the top five players per position, and then maybe some special players who have come a long way since the beginning of the season. So let's dive in with the quarterback position. At number five, we've got the man, the myth, the legend, Tom Brady himself from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's averaging 21.77 points per game fantasy-wise. And again, I am using a standard fantasy football scoring, not points per reception. So again, he's got over almost 22 points per game, which is honestly a little bit of a surprise for me. I honestly thought Tampa Bay would run the ball a little bit more, but Tom Brady has looked exceptional this season, and I believe he's getting better. He has over 2,000 yards. He's got 20 touchdowns on the season, only four interceptions. He has played all eight games, has not had a bye. So I think this is a really good um, point for fantasy owners. I mean, I would honestly think Tom Brady to be a backup when I began the season, and now he's a fantastic starter. So definitely keep him in there. He's got New Orleans upcoming, who has struggled on the defensive side of the ball. He's got Antonio Brown coming back. Hopefully Chris Godwin can get healthy. So Tom Brady is looking very nice. When you look at the receiving core he's got on his end, and fantasy owners should be very pleased with how he's playing. At number four, we have Josh Allen. This one is a little bit of a surprise for me, considering his last four games, he has only thrown four touchdowns. That's that's kind of rough. He started out the season super hot. He's still averaging 23 points per game in fantasy, 2,100 yards, 16 touchdowns, five interceptions, and those have all been very recent in the last couple of games. Has played all eight games, but one thing that does help is he has rushed the ball for four touchdowns. So that is huge, and I think his rushing attack is very, very underrated. And if he can get back in the end zone on his legs, it would be huge for his team and huge for his fantasy owners. I still like Josh Allen as a starter. I think he's had a rough couple of weeks. And, I mean, he's he's got a tough schedule coming up. He's got Seattle, and I believe he has Arizona upcoming next week. So he's got some rough stuff coming up, but... I don't think it, it's anything to bench him unless you have another really good player. But Josh Allen is a good starter in fantasy and long-term long term thinking, absolutely keep him in there when it comes playoff times. All right, your next three are kind of predictable in my opinion. These I'm not super surprised about. Kyler Murray sits at the number three position from the Arizona Cardinals. And this is where the points average absolutely jumps he's averaging 28.94 points a game that is insane in my opinion here's the other thing he only has 1800 yards he's got 13 touchdowns in the air with seven interceptions he but he's rushed the ball for seven touchdowns i mean he almost has many rushing touchdowns as he does passing touchdowns which is almost like a lamar jackson situation from last year and he's only played seven games they have had their bye so, I mean, and this is another guy who keeps looking better and better. DeAndre Hopkins is averaging over 100 yards a game. I mean, Kyler Murray is finding his guys very nicely. He, I think he struggled early on in the season with interceptions. I know he had some games where he had multiple interceptions. But, I mean, 
these last few games, he played brilliantly against Seattle. He's played, He, he then he goes on the bye. Now they're going against Miami. I mean, I wouldn't take Kyler Murray off the starting slot at all this year for fantasy owners, especially when you've got um, a lot of players in your league. At number two, we've got Patrick Mahomes himself. Has played all eight games. He's averaging 26 points per game. But, I mean, it's 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 Patrick Mahomes. He's got 2,300 yards on the season. 21 touchdowns, one interception. That is the league lowest. Tied for the league lowest, one interception with 21 touchdowns. He's played all eight games. He's played brilliantly. The only thing to worry about Patrick Mahomes is the Kansas City rushing attack is so good that they don't necessarily need to start throwing Mahomes very often. We've seen in the last two weeks, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire rushes for 160 yards, and Patrick Mahomes only scores about 20 points. Well, then the next week comes around, and Mahomes throws for five touchdowns and over 30 completions, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire only has six carries. So you don't really know what you're going to expect from Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes is at the number two position because he has the second most points scored. And that is mainly because he's played all eight games. I honestly think Kyler Murray will overtake that position very soon because he's just he's just scoring more than Patrick Mahomes. But from an all-around QB standpoint, when you're looking at interceptions, when you're looking at turnovers, Patrick Mahomes is the surefire guy to not turn the ball over. And I wouldn't worry about him anytime soon. Just keep him where he is. It's Patrick Mahomes. He's he's going to do his thing. He's going to, he's helping his team. He's helping fantasy team owners. I mean, this was this was a no doubt pick when you were drafting him. Number one, Russell Wilson. And in my mind, Russell Wilson is the lead runner for the MVP vote in 2020. 30 points averaged per fantasy game. 2100 yards, 26 touchdowns. Six interceptions, and a lot of those interceptions, honestly, have come from his receivers not catching the ball. I've seen a few drops from his players that have resulted in interceptions, and he's only played seven games. I mean, he's already had his bye. He's got 26 touchdowns. That's league leading. His QBR rating leads the league. His rating leads the league. He is playing brilliant football. I mean, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. They're, his receiving core is doing great. His rushing, the one of the biggest reasons he's doing so well is his rushing core is hurt. Uh, Carson, uh, Chris Carson and Carlos Hyde are both hurt. And Russell Wilson needs to get the ball through the air to win games. This was very much a Patrick Mahomes thing when he was first, um, when he first started playing. Chiefs didn't really have a huge rushing game and Patrick Mahomes threw the ball a lot. Same thing that's happening with Russell Wilson. And their offensive line is surprisingly good. People thought it would kind of be one of their weak spots this year. It's actually one of their strong spots. Russell Wilson has a clean pocket for many of his throws. He doesn't need to scramble very often. So Russell Wilson, by far your man this season for 2020 at the QB position. I knew he was going to be good. I had no idea he was going to be this good. I have Russell Wilson in a few of my leagues, and I am very pleased with how he's playing. He's his average per game for fantasy wise is off the charts and don't even hesitate to take this man off your starting lineup, no matter who they're playing, because 
the Seattle Seahawks in general have the most points per game on average over 30 as well. So they'll score against anybody. Now looking at somebody, some other people at this list that have honestly surprised me, one is Carson Wentz, and he sits at the number six position right behind Tom Brady. He's played all the games, he's averaging 20 points per game, but he's getting better because Carson Wentz extremely struggled earlier in the year. I still don't think he's a great QB. Honestly, I haven't seen much that has wowed me as Carson Wentz being a, a fantastic quarterback in the NFL. I think there's some guy, a lot of guys below Carson Wentz who have shown themselves to do much better. So if you have Carson Wentz on your team, start him. But if you've got some of these other guys like Deshaun Watson or maybe even a Matt Ryan, I honestly would trust them over Carson Wentz at this point. One other guy who's honest, who has surprised me a lot is Justin Herbert. Now, Herbert is low on the rankings at the 12th position because he hasn't scored a lot of overall points because he's only played six games. But in those six games, he's averaged 25.33 points. The man's on fire. He, when he plays, he's doing great. I, I don't know why uh, Los Angeles didn't want to start him at the beginning of the season. Because this is why you drafted him. And he's showing that he can throw to Mike Williams. He can throw to Keenan Allen. He can throw to Hunter Henry. His weapons are great. He's, been, he's done a few. He, some of his uh, choices when it comes to tight games, have question or questionable a little bit. And that's, a, I think, just because he's a rookie as well. But overall, Herbert is a guy, if you're in a 12 or 16 player league, man, start him. Start him. Because the Chargers have a decently easy schedule the rest of the year. They play Oakland this, this upcoming week, and I expect at least 20 points coming out of Herbert, if not more. So Herbert, Big surprise for me and definitely play him. Lamar Jackson sits at the 14 position and he honestly has not thrown the ball well. And we've talked about this in the past. He's mainly just rushing the ball. I mean, I, I can't even believe that the Baltimore Ravens are second to last in yards thrown per game, which means Lamar Jackson is second to last in yards thrown per game. I, I think Baltimore definitely needs to address that. If you're a fantasy owner with Lamar Jackson, and you've got somebody else in your team. I know people who have like an Aaron Rodgers on their team instead of Lamar Jackson. I'd start the other guy. Lamar needs to prove himself more to be a starter in fantasy football. Um, now that he's not, not now that he is definitely digressed. So we're going to move on to the running back position. And this first guy at the number five position has for sure surprised me. His name is James Robinson coming out of Jacksonville. I believe I believe he's a rookie and he has shocked the world with his agility. I mean, I I, I watched James Robinson and he is he's not big. He he's not a Derrick Henry. He's not a Marshawn Lynch. He's he's small, but he's quick and he can move through lines and the Jacksonville Jaguars offensive line is not great. I mean, Gardner Minshew has not thrown the ball great. But Robinson has been the guy to get into the open field. He's averaging 15 points per game, 481 yards, four touchdowns. But he's also gotten the ball on the reset, on the receiving ends, 225 yards receiving with two touchdowns. And he's only played seven games. Now, I know the numbers don't sound like a lot, but... 
James Robinson has come out of nowhere and has proved himself to be an RB1 instantly in the fantasy football world. So definitely, definitely make sure this man is on your um, on your roster. And if you haven't even, if you are in a small league and nobody's picked him up, I mean, run after this guy as hard as you can because he's just going to get better. When the Jacksonville Jaguars are more than likely going to have a good draft pick next year, get some offensive line, maybe get a quarterback. I'm not sure, but anything's going to help James Robinson at this point. Number four is Todd Gurley. Now, I'm not necessarily surprised by this, but how Todd Gurley started the season, I am surprised he's made the top five list at this point. He has definitely gotten a lot more reps. He's played all eight games. He's averaging 13.6 points per game on fantasy, 531 yards, and eight touchdowns. And these have all been as of late. Atlanta is looking better from an offensive side. They're losing games mainly because of their defense, but... Todd Gurley himself is looking better overall. He looks healthy. As one thing that has killed him as of late is his injury. He's very injury prone, but now he looks completely healthy. He's able to get the ball more because Julio Jones is healthy, because Calvin Ridley is healthy, and Matt Ryan's able to spread the ball more, which is able to give more touches to Todd Gurley. And I still think this is a guy who's honestly going to get better too with whatever draft pick they have next year. And however, they're going to play the rest of the year. The only tough thing about Todd Gurley is Atlanta has such a hard schedule that you don't really know when he's going to get stuffed and when he's going to break out. He's not very consistent, but enough to where I'd keep him in your starting lineup. Now, these next three guys have clearly separated themselves from the pack of running backs as the most elite running backs in the NFL. Number three is Derrick Henry. And that just shows you how how crazy this league is when you're when Derrick Henry is number three. He's averaging 19.1 fantasy. We jumped from 13.6 to 19.1 in one ranking at the number three position. 775 yards on the ground. That is a league leading rushing yards at this point. Eight touchdowns and He's only played seven games. Tennessee has already had their bye. I mean, are you kidding me? This is, I, I keep comparing him to Marshawn Lynch because that's the only man I can describe to even relate to Derrick Henry. He's another breed of human being. He, his legs are, I mean, you could honestly, Saquon Barkley, I think he's trying to get there, but I still think Derrick Henry is bigger and maybe even faster. Tennessee's offensive line has looked really good. Tannehill has not needed to throw in the ball more. And Tennessee's schedule is just going to get easier because you got to go play Houston. You got to go play Jacksonville. Indianapolis might hurt you, but, I mean, it's still Derrick Henry. So this is, this is not a surprise for me. He's looked absolutely amazing all year long, and he's just going to get better. Alvin Kamara is the number two position. And he is, honestly, he hasn't digressed. Let's not say that. But he definitely has not scored the touchdowns that I expected to see on a consistent basis from when he started the year. Granted, he's still averaging 20 points per game in fantasy. He's got 431 yards rushing with only four touchdowns. But he has 
556 yards receiving with three touchdowns through the air, and he's also only played seven games. This is Drew Brees' number one wide receiver, which says a lot about two things. One, New Orleans is hurting for a wide receiver. I know Michael Thomas is coming back, and that should help their offense as a whole. But when your running back is your number one wide receiver, you got some problems. I'm sorry. You just do. On the other hand, man, Alvin Kamara can do it all. I mean, he, can, he can catch the ball, and he can run the ball. The, the offensive line for New Orleans has looked stable. Not great, but stable. And I think this is mainly most on, on Alvin Kamara's ability to make plays. I've seen multiple times where Kamara is looking like he's stuffed in the backfield and he'll make one or two quick moves and he's in the open. He just has that ability to get out in open space. So very impressed by Alvin Kamara. Number two in fantasy rankings. Definitely keep him there. Don't trade him. Don't even think about making a move with him. Fantasy owners are very happy with Alvin Kamara. At the number one position is for me my personal shock of the 2020 fantasy year and that's dalvin cook and i know i put dalvin cook at i believe it was the four position for my rankings before the year started but when you have 652 yards rushing 10 touchdowns and a touchdown in the air and you've only played six games that's on another level. He's averaging 24.7 points per game. Granted, a lot of that came when he had four touchdowns in one game last week versus the Green Bay Packers and scored 46 points in fantasy. But this man was injured for two games. Had to come out. Actually, no, he was he was injured for one. Had the bye, which helped a lot. And then he came back and scored all the touchdowns for the Minnesota Vikings in one game. When, well, when you look at Minnesota look going forward, I mean, you got to play Detroit. Chicago's rush defense hasn't looked great. And it's just going to get easier and easier throughout the rest of the year. Dalvin Cook, we've Zach and I have said so many times, is the core of the Minnesota Vikings. And he's probably also the core of your fantasy team because he's he's helped me personally in a couple leagues. And I know he's helped other people in leagues get victories by himself. So Dalvin Cook, the number one guy in Minnesota and the number one guy in fantasy. And I think between these three, between Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara, and Dalvin Cook, these probably aren't going to change. I mean, they have looked so consistent and so rock solid where they are right now. I'm very curious to see where they'll end up when the season ends because those are going to be the three guys. Some interesting ones that are also on this list. Aaron Jones for the Green Bay Packers started off ridiculously hot. He was number two quarter of the way through the season. Then he got injured. He's only played five games, but he's averaged 19.4 points per game. I still would keep him in there. He's now healthy, and I expect to see him back on the top five list by the end of the season as well. Some other guys that you might want to look at. Chris Carson is now healthy. He's averaging 13.8 points per game. But he's only played six games, so keep an eye out for him. One guy that I might consider not benching, but keeping your eye out, is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He's averaging 11 points per game, which is solid. But with Patrick Mahomes as your QB, and now you've got Le'Veon Bell as your second guy, 
maybe want to put him at the RB2 or RB... No, just... I wouldn't even put him at RB3. Just RB2. Look for him not to digress, but maybe to get less reps and maybe make a switch for, say, a Kareem Hunt or James Robinson. And just just keep your eye out for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Edwards, We're going to move on to the wide receiver position. And at the number five position, it's Devontae Adams. But I'm shocked he's at this position for two reasons. One, I thought he'd be higher. But two, I'm surprised he is this high, considering he's only played five games. Five games, guys. Uh 502 yards and seven touchdowns. 18 points average in fantasy. That is the highest in the league. Granted, this ranking system is based on your overall points. So he would be the highest. I guarantee you, when he gets up to seven or eight games with the Green Bay Packers, he will be at the top of this list. Undoubtedly. Devontae Adams has been the sure guy for Green Bay. I mean, you look at the other receivers for Green Bay, and they really haven't done much. It's been all Devontae Adams. Number four, we've got Tyler Lockett. And like I said about Russell Wilson, the same thing applies to his wide receivers. Tyler Lockett has been Mr. Consistent every week. 575 yards, seven touchdowns. He's only played seven games. He had that one breakout game for 200 yards and three touchdowns a couple weeks ago against Arizona. But he's going to be doing this all year long. And with DK Metcalf on the other end, who we'll actually get to later in this league, I'm later in this ranking, because we've got, we've got two Seattle wide receivers on the top five with how good Russell Wilson's been playing. At the number three position, we've still got Calvin Ridley. And with the return of Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley hasn't seen as many touches, but he's still averaging 13 points per game. He's got 657 yards with six touchdowns, eight games played. He's going to be doing fine the rest of the year. Matt Ryan, is my, in my opinion, is looking better than he has all year. He's spreading the ball around. I know that'll hurt fantasy owners a little bit, but Calvin Ridley will still get his time. He has proven himself to be at an equal level with Julio Jones, in my opinion, just from a playmaking standpoint. So definitely keep him in your lineup and don't be worried that Julio Jones is back. Number two, Tyreek Hill. This this one kind of surprises me, considering Patrick Mahomes himself hasn't um, thrown as many balls this year as we've seen in previous years, and considering Travis Kelsey, who we'll get to when we talk about tight ends, actually has more yards than Tyreek Hill. But nevertheless, he's got 537 yards, seven touchdowns. He's also got a rushing touchdown. He's played eight games. He's averaging 13.4 points per game. He has proven himself again and again as the number one guy in Kansas City. He's not going anywhere. He's going to stay there. I don't know if he'll stay at the number two position in fantasy, but wide receiver one for sure. Keep him in there. He'll stay there. And maybe he'll move up. Maybe he'll move down. I don't know. I don't really care. I, I just want him as my wide receiver for fantasy. And Mahomes need to get, needs to give him the ball more, honestly. At the number one position, I mentioned it before, but it's DK Metcalf. 
This is, I mean, so many people have resembled this guy to Calvin Johnson, and I 100% agree. The man's a beast. He's, I want to say, 6'5". He runs faster than any than most wide receivers out there right now. He's averaging 15 points per game, 680 yards, 7 touchdowns, and only 7 games played. He's the surefire guy with Tyler Lockett. It's hard for fantasy owners to decide who's who Russell Wilson's going to throw to because we've seen him throw only to Tyler Lockett and we've seen him only throw to DK Metcalf. But you never know what it's going to be. You got to keep Metcalf in there because he could break out for 28 points. He could only go for two points. But it's you You don't want to make that decision on the fly. You've got to keep him in there. He's a, a sure guy every week to at least get some touches because... Without him in there, the pressure is way too much on Tyler Lockett. This is why Seattle's so good, because they have both Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. And that's why Atlanta's offense is done better with Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones. Some other guys who are not in the top five, who I've been impressed with. One, DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins is technically nine on the list. I think he should be higher. He's averaging 12 points per game in fantasy. He has the most yards in the league right now. He's got over 700 yards. But he doesn't get that many touchdowns. And that's what hurts you in fantasy. You need the touchdowns. You need people like Devontae Adams. You need people like DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, who score the touchdowns for your team. DeAndre Hopkins isn't just isn't is just not scoring touchdowns. And I credit that a lot to the um, Arizona offense because you got Larry Fitzgerald, you got Christian Kirk, you got Kyler Murray, you got a great backfield, and Chase Edmonds will now start for the Arizona Cardinals now with Kenyon Drake out. But Arizona's winning, and they're not giving DeAndre Hopkins touchdowns. That's a little scary, honestly. Because once you start throwing touchdowns to DeAndre Hopkins, your offense is going to explode. So nice job there for the uh, for the Arizona Cardinals. Mike Evans is sitting at the 14 position, and this one is shocking to me. He's averaging only 9.9 points per game. Tom Brady just isn't throwing him the ball. Tom Brady, just like he did in New England, because you honestly, you really couldn't have a wide receiver from New England back when Tom Brady was there. He spread the ball around so much. You could have Gronkowski because that was obviously Brady's favorite target. But now Tom Brady moves to Tampa Bay and the wide receivers from Tampa Bay start to hurt. Yes, Chris Godwin's been out, but honestly, that should give more reps to Mike Evans and it's just not happening. So be careful with Mike Evans. Now Antonio Brown's back. Now and now Tom Brady's going to spread the ball even more. And Mike Evans' fantasy ownership might even drop a little bit. So keep your eye out for that. Next position, we shall move on to tight ends. And fun thing about tight ends, not much has changed. Let's get to five. Mark Andrews of Baltimore. Not really surprised by this. Honestly thought he'd be higher. He has struggled as of late. That's because, honestly, Lamar Jackson has struggled as of late, so his wide receiver and tight end core is going to struggle. But Mark Andrews honestly could be the favorite for Lamar Jackson when it comes to the receiving game. He's averaging eight points per game, which is pretty good for a fantasy guy, but it's been up and down. He's either 16 or he's two. And it's really hard to determine what he's going to be which week. He hasn't really had a 16-point game till I, since, I believe, like week five. 275 yards, five touchdowns, seven games played. I would look at Mark Andrews' position 
when I look at Lamar Jackson's position. When Lamar Jackson will play better, Mark Andrews will play better. So right now, keep your eye out more on Lamar Jackson than you do Mark Andrews for fantasy. And maybe bench Mark Andrews a few weeks because he's got to, Lamar Jackson has to prove himself before Mark Andrews can be started again. At the number four spot, we've got TJ Hawkinson. And I was kind of hyped on this guy when he came out as a rookie last year. And he kind of underperformed in my my opinion. But now he's in his second year and he is thriving. 8.3 average points, 320 yards, four touchdowns, seven games played. And this has been very recent. He really didn't do much earlier in the year. But in his last few games, he has been Mr. Consistent. And I would easily put this man in your fantasy lineup because... Matthew Stafford is finally realizing how good of a tight end he's got, and I think he'll throw to him even more later in the year. Number three is Robert Tanyan, and a lot of this is credited to how fast he started this year. 8.7 average points. He's got 309 yards and five touchdowns, seven games played. Now, if you'll remember from last time, he had five touchdowns in his first four games. And now in his last three games, he's had zero touchdowns and not a lot of reps. Mainly because I think Deontay, uh, Devontae Adams is back. Honestly, I would bench Tanya. I wouldn't even mess with him anymore. Green Bay has found their number one wide receiver. And I honestly doubt Rodgers will start throwing a Tanya again. He was kind of this surprising breakout kid when the season started. And now he's back, not to a nobody, but definitely someone who is not valued as much in his organization. Number two and number one, and this one has been honestly the most con- the most realistic thing in all of 2020 and all of fantasy. Number two is George Kittle. This is how I ranked him earlier in the year. Averaging 10.2 points per game fantasy-wise. That is ridiculous for a tight end. 474 yards, only two touchdowns, five games played. Sadly, George Kittle is hurt. He, he didn't play yesterday versus, or he didn't play Thursday versus San Francisco, he'll miss what is reported as weeks on end. So, but keep keep Kittle on your bench. Because if he comes back by playoffs time for fantasy, oh my goodness, are you going to be happy you kept him? Because they're going to go right back to the breadbasket. Right back to where they started. This He is the core of this offense. Not Jimmy Garoppolo, it's George Kittle. He's the energy, he's the fire, he's the core of this team. And he will get the most reps when it comes to him actually playing, we'll pray he gets help, healthy soon. Number one tight end in the league, it's Travis Kelsey. Is anyone really surprised by this? 11.9 points fantasy average, 610 yards and six touchdowns. That is unreal for a tight end. He's played all eight games too. He's healthy. Patrick Mahomes is throwing to him. It's everything you want in a tight end. In fantasy, I'm not a huge tight end guy because they don't get as many reps. But when it comes to Travis Kelsey... Man, whew. I next year I might just draft up for him because he has been so consistent in Kansas City. Fun fact, since 2013, he's only missed one game. He doesn't get hurt. Now, I hope I just didn't jinx that, but I don't think I will because he has proven himself in the past not to get hurt, and Mahomes is just going to keep throwing it to him. This has been... 
a great year for Travis Kelsey. And those of you who drafted up for Travis Kelsey, I'm sure are extremely glad you did because he has proven himself all the way as the number one tight end in fantasy. And no doubt, mark my words, no doubt he will stick at the, tra- at the number one position come the end of the season. Some other surprising standouts, Rob Gronkowski sits at the number nine position and he was, he he didn't put up very many points to start the year, but now, yeah, Brady's finding him. He's had some touchdowns as of late. I know he's only averaging 6.3 points fantasy, but he didn't have any touchdowns, I believe his first three games. And his his last four or five games, he's getting looks, guys. Brady's finding him. It's gonna come come the end of the season, and Tampa Bay's got some clutch moments. No doubt, Gronkowski is gonna get some looks. Some other ones on this list, not a lot has surprised me. Hunter Henry has disappointed me a little bit. He's all the way down at eighteen, only five point five points. I thought um, Los Angeles would look at him a little bit more. So not not a whole lot. This is kind of like middle of the road average pack once you get past um, Mark Andrews, honestly. Going over to the defensive side of the ball, we've only got two more positions left. But this one's honestly really cool in my opinion because I have five right here and I'll mention six after I get through the five. But then past those six, it's nobody. There have been six clear defensive teams that have been able to score and have been able to cause turnovers. Let's get to it. Kansas City Chiefs at the number five position. Probably the biggest surprise for me all year. Kansas City is not necessarily known for their defense. They had a good clutch defense last year when it came to playoff times and in the Super Bowl. But now they have transferred that straight into 2020. They're averaging nine points fantasy but only allowing 19.0 points per game. They've got they've turned the ball or um, they've gotten 14 turnovers, which is tied most in the league. I know they've played eight games, but still, wow. They're getting better. Their schedule is getting easier now that um, now that you've got. I mean, I think Carolina this week. Your division's really easy. Kansas City Chiefs, man. They are forced to be reckless on defense, and I, I don't actually keep them in your starting spot. Maybe the rest of the year because they're just that good, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt them because in defense, I always have my doubts about whether a team's just going to fall apart. Not, not these top five, and for sure not Kansas City. Number four is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay is very surprising as well, but. I think a lot of it has to do with them being healthy. The running, their linebacker core is really good. They're all extremely healthy. 9.3 fantasy points average. They also have gotten 14 turnovers, like I said, tied for most in the league. 20.6 points per game on average allowed. I don't think that's a huge jump from 19 in Kansas City. But... You are going to play some teams later that might put up some points. You got New Orleans this week who is struggling, but they can put up points. Got Atlanta twice later in the year. So we'll definitely see what will happen with Tampa Bay. They put up a huge fight against the Green Bay Packers, but then allowed the New York Giants to score 23. 
So I'm a little bit confused by Tampa Bay. I I would say start him. I would say um, keep him keep him on your team because when you're number four in fantasy, you you got there somehow. So definitely keep them. They're a surefire team. The linebacker core is great, and they will will and they will cause more turnovers in the future. Pittsburgh Steelers at number three. And this isn't really surprising at all. I'm surprised they're not even greater. They're averaging 10 points fantasy-wise, 20 points per game on average allowed, 13 turnovers, including 10 interceptions, but they've only played seven games, too. I mean, it's incredible what they've done. Especially, I mean, they they were locked down because of COVID earlier in the year, not because of them, because of the Tennessee Titans, but still, wow, you're able to you're able to hold on to that. Uh, to that consistency, your your uh, your schedules is easy for the rest of the year. I mean, this is great. I'm looking at the Pittsburgh Steelers defense and thinking, yeah, um, mine all year long. We got the Dallas Cowboys coming up. I expect them to be plus 17 points just this week. So, like, I mean, Steelers have Steelers have done what I thought they were going to do. And I, I, I think it's great for the organization as a group to help Ben Roethlisberger with this incredible defense. Mike Tomlin has done a brilliant job. And the Steelers are going to be a force to be working with come playoff time. Baltimore Ravens at two. And this one is a little bit surprising to me, considering how Lamar Jackson has struggled and the Ravens, granted, they've only lost two games, okay? They've only lost two games. That's to the Chiefs and the Steelers. Okay. They've had 11.4 average fantasy points, 18.9 points per game. They're destroying the teams that aren't the best with the Steelers and Chiefs. They're annihilating them. They've only played they've only played seven games. They've had 12 turnovers, but nine fumbles. Nine fumbles. That's lucrative in the NFL at this point. You're averaging a, over a fumble a game. That's incredible. So the Raven, Ravens are... A little bit questioning to me, but when it comes to any other team besides a powerhouse, put in that Ravens defense because they will take advantage. Number one is still the Indianapolis Colts. Almost 12 points averaged in fantasy, 19.4 points per game averaged, 11 interceptions that is tied for league most. Also, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are in that group. Seven games, uh, seven games played, but they've also had pick sixes. They're one of the biggest fantasy, they're, they're one of the biggest scoring defenses. Plus, I believe they've had a, a kickoff return touchdown. Their special teams is great. So you gotta you gotta put the Colts in there because they can score. Not necessarily because they'll do a lot, like they'll they'll allow points. Uh, they'll have a lot of interceptions because their secondary, Xavier Rhodes, is finally playing well. I don't know what he decided to turn on, but Xavier Rhodes is finally coming into his own. But they're also scoring. They're getting interceptions in the red zone. They're putting it in the end zone. Colts have had the easiest schedule of the year, in my opinion. I don't I don't think that is factual, but they'll have the easiest season going out the rest of the year. They gotta play the Jaguars, the Texans. I mean, those teams are struggling, especially from a quarterback standpoint. They're gonna get better. It's 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 gonna be fun to watch to see how many points these Indianapolis Colts can put up. The rest of the year. Last but certainly not least, we've got kickers. And this hasn't changed a lot, but it has changed a little. 
Number five is Daniel Carlson with Oakland. He's averaging 10 points fantasy-wise, which is pretty good. He's able to make some clutch clutch kicks. Oh boy, that's hard to say. He's gone 16 for 18 in field goals, which is not great, but he's made all his extra points. I think I should probably uh, double check that. I'll get back to you guys on that. He's only had seven points. Oakland's been able to score recently, and Daniel Carlson has definitely taken advantage of it. So I was mistaken. Daniel Carlson has missed one extra point, but I mean, he's made some long field goals. He's three for three when he's plus 50 away, and that's that gets you the fantasy points for sure. Justin Tucker sits at number four, and Justin Tucker has always been Mr. Consistent. He's 14 for 15 in field goals, but he's seven for seven in 40 to 49, and he's only the one he missed was a plus 50, which is reasonable, but when, when he's getting looks, they've been long field goals, and you can't really control that as a fantasy owner. You don't really know when they're going to score the big field goals, but it is it's pretty cool to see when your fantasy guy is scoring the big field goals instead of just a bunch of little ones. Ryan Suckup from Tampa Bay is at the number three position. And I know he's only averaging 9.6 points per game. And he's played all eight games. He's gone 15 for 17 field goals. But he's from Tampa Bay. You know they're going to get down the field. They're going to score. He's going to get looks at field goals. He's going to get looks at extra points. He's gone 26 for 27 in extra points. That's how he's getting his points. Tampa Bay is scoring touchdowns. It's unbelievable what he's been able to do. Definitely keep him in there because with AB back, TB is going to score more. Young Ho Koo from Atlanta is at the number two position. In my opinion, one of the underrated um, kickers, he struggled all of last year. I mean, the man couldn't make a field goal last year. Second year in. He's coming into his own. 11.7 points averaged in fantasy. 19 of 20 in field goals, 7 games played. One thing that is surprising, he's 14 for 17 in extra points. He has missed a lot of extra points, and that doesn't really hurt you in fantasy, but it is interesting to note how he's clutch with field goals, but doesn't necessarily um, make the extra points. 19 field goals is actually the most in the NFL right now, and that is really cool to see. He's... Clutch from deep, and Atlanta's just getting better and better, and he'll for sure get more looks later in the year. Number one has been Randy Bullock. He was he was number one last uh, last time we did this, and now he's number one again. 10.5 points averaged in fantasy. 18 of 20 field goals. That's second most. Eight games played. Cincinnati, I mean, this kind of shows you a lot about Cincinnati. Also, by the way, he's... Um, He's 20 for 20 in extra points. He's absolutely surefire for extra point-wise. Cincinnati with Joe Burrow, they've not gotten the end zone a lot, but they've gotten in the end zone enough where he's making the extra points, but he's they get they get all the way there, and they usually get they get, they get it stopped a lot, but then Randy Bullock has been able to make the field goals, which has kind of been really cool, and Joe Burrow has been looking better. I mean, he had his career game last week, and I, I expect to see a lot more on Joe Burrow, which means I expect to see a lot more out of Randy Bullock. So if you've got this guy, start him because he has been Mr. Consistent all year for, for, for sure. There is one other kicker I'd honestly like to mention, and that is Jason Sanders of Miami. 
He's not huge in fantasy because he's only gone for 15 field goals and 17 extra points. But he is the only person in the entire NFL out of all 32 teams who has gone 100% in field goals, 15 or 15, and 100% in extra points, 17 for 17. That is an incredible stat for halfway through the year. I'm very curious to see if he can pull that up. I wouldn't necessarily put him in fantasy because Miami doesn't necessarily get a lot of looks. But if Tua gets better, maybe you want to consider putting Jansen Sanders in there. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, that is your halfway rankings, uh, current standings for fantasy football. I hope you have enjoyed this season. I know I certainly have. I'm just excited football's being able to get played again. And Zach and I will catch you next week when we recap week nine. And I will surely update you on fantasy later in the year. This is Kay Chumsland signing off on NFL Study Hall.